Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Amen. Welcome, everybody. My name is Tyler. I've been coming to the church a little over two years. And what was interesting, I was reading in the book of Luke after service this morning, in that very scripture that Michaela shared about the prodigal son, it was Luke 15.20. And just like she said, this, the son had came to his father and said, you know, I'd like my inheritance. Um, the father was a very wealthy man. And being a generous man, he said, sure, he sold off what he needed to and gave this son his inheritance. And he went off, and prodigal means to just live without restraint. He just did anything that his flesh wanted. He wanted to try to fulfill it in any way that he could. And it says that he had squandered all of his wealth, and he found himself working for a man, feeding his pigs. Okay, and he saw the, that the pigs were being fed, but he was still hungry, and he's like, how can this be? And he kind of thinks in his mind, even the servants at my father's house are being fed, you know, better than what these pigs are, which are being fed better than what I am. He said, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know, you ever found yourself in the midst of just like this huge mess that you've made and you're just like, how did I get here? It was just like one little choice that led to another small choice to another, to another, to another. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're just like stuck in filth. You're like, how did I get here? Anyway... And this son thinks, well, I'm, I might as well try it. I'm, I mean, maybe he'll take me back. So he turns, he repents, Re- repent, re again, re, and then pent as begun. Goes back to where he started. So he's like, he's going to go back to his father's house. And repent means a physical action of you're going in one direction and you turn. Now you're going in the other direction. And the scripture that Michaela shared, bam, it was on my heart. And it was because the son had just turned around, right? And he was still afar off. He was a long ways away. But when his father saw him, he ran to his son. Come on, he was still afar off. So it's like if you're in this place, if you just realize the mess that you've got yourself into, and you've turned, you're like, God, I want to make myself right. I want to tell you that even if you still feel like you're afar off, as soon as God sees your sincerity that you've turned and you're going, he is going to run to you. God's not ready to wait for you to come to him. He wants to make it to you. He loves you more than you can love yourself. And so I was just encouraged that Michaela shared that. And I was like, okay, I got to dive into that a little bit because that was so on my heart this afternoon. There's another scripture that came on my heart this afternoon. Nathan, you don't have the slide for it, so for, uh, forgive me. It's in Isaiah 30, starts in verse 18. It says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. I just think, guys, we have such an opportunity to be able to do life with Christ, for Christ, to reach people, 
to love people, to just enjoy God's presence. Let's not let it go by. A couple weeks ago, I was in Pastor Matt's office, and I was thinking about, you know, what, you know, what am I going to share? What am I going to go up there and say? And the question that God, I felt, wanted to ask everybody was, who are you? Who are you? Because I think when we answer that question, it's going to determine how we live our lives, who our identity is. He wants us, our identity to be in him. Okay? And so I'm thinking about genuinely asking you guys, who are you? This movie scene came to my, my mind. And it's in the movie 300. And it's right when the Spartans climb up that hill and I think they meet the Acadians or something like that. Anyway, the two leaders or kings are talking and he's like, you know, the Spartans, I figured that you guys would have brought at least as many soldiers as us. You've only brought like this handful of dudes. And they're going up against Xerxes and the Persians, and they got like hundreds of thousands of guys. And this guy's like, dude, Leonidas, what are you thinking? And so the king of the Spartans, he looks into the army, we'll say the Akkadians, I'm not sure if that's right. But he looks and he goes, you, what is your profession? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm a potter, sir. And you? Sculptor, sir. And you? Blacksmith. And he looks at the other king, and he's thinking, now this is where I'm going to demonstrate what I'm about. And he looks over his shoulder to his men, and he says, Spartans, what is your profession? And in one mind, one heart, one accord, how, 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 they knew what they were about. They knew who they were. They, see, we have this generation of people and they're like, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm an accountant, you know, I'm a farmer, and I'm not trying to demean these things and say that they're not worthy professions. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm saying, first and foremost, you're a child of God. First and foremost, you are redeemed, you're loved. And it's like, come on. It's like, guys, who are you? It's like, don't forget who you are. And remember, even if you're afar off, God will run to you. Be faithful. Trust him. He's got great plans for each and every one of you. There's something that he's called you to do. You. Don't let it pass you by. In one accord. Ho, ho, ho. Okay? And our ho is love. Love people. Don't let it pass you by, guys. Okay, I'm done with my rant. So, thank you. Praise God. So, my sermon or message tonight is on how to renew your mind. And I think the obvious statement of how you start that is you need to acknowledge the need for it. And in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, we all come from that, that sinful nature. We all have come from that sinful state where our flesh and our mind just seem to want to do the things that God has called us not to do. You know, I'll talk a little bit about it later, but God, or Paul talks about how his spirit that God has given him is just warring with this flesh that just still want to live out these sinful desires. And so when we first take that step to acknowledge that we need his grace, that we need his forgiveness because of our sinful condition. He, amen, is faithful 
to change it. Because, see, if a potter has a bunch of clay and the clay decides, well, I want to be this or I want to be that, he's not going to have much ability to make anything with it. But, I mean, when that clay is willing to say, you know, you're the potter, do what you got to do. Bam, he can make it. And oh, what he can fill a pot with. The Bible says the, the, he, he, this lady needed some oil, and she, he's like, well, prophet said, well, bring all the jugs you got. And she just kept bringing jugs and kept bringing jugs, and he just kept filling and filling and filling and filling. God's not just, see, it seems like God's willing to give you more than what you can even ask for. But most of her are like, oh, well, God, I got tired carrying that first jug back. I can't even think about carrying a second one. You know, but don't let that stop you. Get that second jug. Get that thir third jug. Come on. But it says in Romans 7, 23 through 25, we see the Apostle Paul, he's, he's talking about this issue of the flesh battling the spirit. He says, but I see another law in my members warring, in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I'm, I myself may serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so we, come, we recognize our sin and we come to repentance. God being faithful to forgive, says all who call on, on, on my name will be forgiven. And so you see this picture that Paul has going on here. And there's one word that I want to try to point out, and that was wretched. And so when I looked up what this word meant, it was that, uh, let me get this right. Okay, I don't have it on there. Okay, yeah. Enduring trial and miserable. So it was like he was trying to explain that when out of our own strength and out of our own efforts we try to fulfill and live out what God has called us to do, we're going to get tired. And it's going to seem like we're just enduring trial after trial after trial and ultimately be miserable. But that's not what God had called us to do. It was by the power of God through Jesus Christ that with his mind he was able to serve and fulfill God's law. It's not on his own strength. And so, the, I guess us, we're three parts. We're a spirit, a soul, and a body. So we have these three parts. And so our mind, which is made up of our will, our emotions, our intellect, that is kind of like the filter that God has given us to let the spirit work through the body in this world. And so, I mean, when we're talking about renewing our mind, we're really talking about renewing the filter that he's given us so that way, gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself, Bishop. I want to talk about that. Let's stay on track here just for a sec. I'll get to it. In Romans 8, 7, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not to submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And so, finally we get to this, you see how, in the flesh, or the desires of the sinful man in us, it's hostile to God. It has no, it has no desire. Okay. You ever been like, all right, I need to do some prayer. And then just in you, it's just like, oh, that's the flesh. 
The flesh does not want to pray. Okay? It doesn't want to do it. And it's that flesh that you're beating back, and you're like, no, no. What would you say, Andrew, all the heavy lifting that we do is done on our knees? So, I mean, it's like, this is an example. Anyway. And so that mind being a filter, this is something that Bishop saw when we were talking about this before I came. And I had, the, like, and I, I wanted to give an example of a camera lens. That's the filter that you use, you know, to take a good picture. And if there's a bunch of smudges and stuff on it, you're not going to be able to see clearly what's out there. And then the other example I had was a vacuum filter. You know, it, it's trapping out all those particles that's coming out of the carpet. It's taking them out, letting that clean air come back into the world. Anyway, so Bishop saw how there was like two different filters, one that allows you to see clearly. That's important because if our mind isn't renewed to the word of God, we're not able to see what God is doing and what he's speaking into our lives. We'll miss things that he's put right in front of us, and we'll miss them if our lens isn't clean. So get that word out. Clean that lens off, man. It's like sometimes when I'm riding my bike and all of a sudden, big bug hits it, I'm like, whoa. And all of a sudden, you're trying to like drive through one eye, and you're like, Ugh, don't do that. Clean that lens off. Okay, and so then the other one, the other filter, it's, it's sucking out all those impurities. So all those things that the world is trying to put into you, music, TV, all the culture, a renewed mind can adequately discern all those things, and it's just like, it's just like shuffling it to the side. It's like, nope, that's not good for me. That's not good for me. Uh, it's just shuffling us like, uh, get out of here. But again, we won't be able to pick those things out unless we know what God's word is. Unless we know what his desire is for our lives, we can't pick those things out. I mean, Cassie, you remember when Isaiah came a couple years ago and he was talking about that bowl of Skittles? Remember with the rabbit pellets in it? He's like, imagine you're watching a video, a movie, and you're eating a bowl of Skittles, right? And some enemy comes and sprinkles some rabbit pellets in there. I'm talking the bad kind of pellets, okay? <laughs> Roughly the same size, same shape. And if it's dark, and as you're eating it, it's going to be really hard to pick them out. It's like, yeah, you're going to be getting some of that good stuff, but you're going to be getting all that bad stuff too. And so it's like, we got to have the lights on so we can pick them things out of there because we don't want to be eat, eating the garbage that the world is trying to feed us. Anyway. So I thought there was a good example in Scripture of kind of like the filter. And it's found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 22 and 23. So, okay, I'll read it first. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This whole verse was about when the Lord was starting to tell the disciples about the sufferings and the death on the cross that he was going to have to endure. Okay, and... When you look at Peter's standpoint, he's like, oh, Lord, you shouldn't have to be beaten. You shouldn't have to have nails driven in you. You shouldn't have to die like that. It, it's a rational standpoint that he was coming from in terms of, like, logic. The human mind was like, okay, that doesn't make sense. This is a good man. He shouldn't have that. No. And Jesus rebukes him and says, you have not in mind the things of God but the things of man. And so, I mean, again, that goes to something can seem completely rational, completely logical, 
and absolutely contradict God's will for your life. So, I mean, if we don't have our mind renewed to the word, we'll never be able to pick that out. And we'll be just like Peter, trying to do the right thing, but stopping the very thing that was for our redemption, our justification, our forgiveness. And so, I mean, it's just we have to have our mind renewed. So that was the first point. You have to know that you need it. You have to know that it's important to renew your mind. The second point is make the choice to yield to God's will. You have to make that choice. Um, Remember, I guess I spend a lot of time at work, so it seems normal that God would talk to me a lot at work because the majority of my time is spent there. But uh, I remember I was at work, and I was thinking, you know, God, what is it that you really tried to teach us? What was that one thing that you tried to teach us? And he's like, well, think about that one moment, that pivotal moment. I'm like, what's that pivotal moment? I was like, okay, cross. That's where it all went down. That's where, like, everything changed for humanity. Everything in an instant changed in that day. And um, he thought, what did I do to get on that cross? I was like, well, you didn't really do anything. I did it all. I did all the bad stuff that put you there. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, what did I do to get there? He's like, I surrendered. And I think ultimately, ultimately, that's what God is trying to teach us as disciples of Christ. Whenever Christ talks about disciples, he's always talking about whatever man is not willing to forsake, all these things, even, even his own life can't be my disciple. And I, I struggle with that at times, and I ultimately think it's just because God knows best. Sometimes we can't always see around this corner and then that and that, but he's already like 50 steps ahead of you. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't want to go that way. You got to go this way. Because, I mean, when, when, the, when, the, when the people came out of Egypt, he didn't want them to, to reach these other armies that might have scared them and sent them right back to the sin they just came from. So he's like, come out, get away from everything, just be with me. We'll take care of this. Now, they stayed in the desert that long, in the wilderness, only because of their own choices. But, I mean, God foresaw all these other things and was like, well, let's come this way. So, I mean, God sees these things that we don't always see. So, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I mean you have to be willing to lay down preferences, lay down desires, lay down some opportunities in order to fulfill what God's calling you to fulfill. Because remember, there's always that flesh wanting to get its own way. You know, it wants to be exalted. It wants to be wealthy or whatever it is. It's different things that the enemy has tried to work into each one of us. So if we're not willing to deny ourselves and pick up our cross, make that choice to obey God's will, his will will never come forth in our lives. I mean, it's, we have a choice in this, in this matter. It's like we can allow God to work through us and affect people for their eternity, or we have the choice to, I'm too busy, dude, see ya, you know. Or for me, it's, I'm too tired. 
usually in the morning. I'm too tired. I haven't had my cup of coffee. Too tired. Yeah. So I think one thing that helps us to make that choice is to remember those things, those faithful times that God has, you know, been there for us. And ultimately, when we come here to worship, we don't just worship God for the things that he's done or the things that he will do. We worship God for who he is. Because he's always good. He's always good. Whether or not we can really determine it and see it from circumstances that are going on in our lives, we see it by faith. Faith is that substance that we see those unseen things. He's always good. So in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. I think if we're active to confess over ourselves that, okay, so let's just try to explain this a little bit. When, when you come to that spot where you decide, I'm going to follow Jesus, and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, it's as he died on the cross, it's as effective as you died on the cross. Like you're literally... The old man has died, okay? And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, you're with him because you have been planted into him through that. Through that choice to say, God, please forgive me, God reaches out. Bam, you're planted in Christ. Okay, so I think if we just confess those things over our lives and we're faithful to confess them, it helps us to start affirming them and believing them and living them out. You know, it goes back to that question, who are you? And it's like, well, think about those things that you speak to yourself every day. Do you tell yourself that you're worthless or do you tell yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Amen. What are those things that you're speaking into your life? I mean, because the power of life and death is in the tongue. So, I mean, speak it. Speak it in your life. And you're not going to know it unless you know what God's word says about you. So, I mean, that we have to have our mind renewed. We have to know right from wrong. His word will tell us. His word's like a map. It's like, we can't necessarily come up to the, this minefield where there's like hundreds of thousands of hidden mines everywhere. We're just like, yeah, I'm just going to strut across here, and if I lose a limb here or blow my head off, it's like, it's all good. But right before you get to that minefield, there's this man, and he's like, here's a map. But you're like, nah, I don't need that. That's the word of God. That's our map for life. You got to use that map, Jake. Use that map, brother. I mean, it's there. It's a tool. It's a resource that we have. Let's use it. And so I think helping us to continue making that choice to obey, um, one thing that we absolutely have to do, because remember uh, the wretchedness that I talked about earlier, like in our own strength we're going to be left distraught, we're going to be left fatigued, we're going to be left just tired. Because essentially what we'd be trying to do is in the strength of our flesh obey the will of God. That doesn't make sense because it's, an enemy of the will of God. So, I mean, it's going to get tired. It's just going to be like doing all these things that it doesn't want to do. But remember, we're a three-part person. Spirit, soul, body. Okay? So we have the spirit. When we're, when we're born again, God says that he places his spirit in us. Okay? 
That's born again. That's that moment of salvation. And we need that along with a renewed mind in order to put the body that sinful flesh under. And when I talk about the flesh, I'm just really talking about those sinful desires, those things that are that corrupt nature that's in us that, we want, that wants to be done and thinks that it's going to please us and fulfill us. But as the word says, uh, the wages of sin are death. Okay? So we need to... Okay, like your phone. What do you do once a day or once every other day with your phone? You plug it in. You charge it. Otherwise the battery runs dead because it's doing stuff, which is normal. Requires battery power to accomplish these tasks, but you have to recharge it. And essentially, that's what we need to do. My third point, man, I'm running out of time, is we need to spend time with Him daily. That's like our recharge, our reboot. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you. Now, the thing that, the phrase that stood out, well, first I picked it because it had the word mind in it, and I'm trying to get across that renewing your mind thing, okay? That was my first clue. Well, let's just look at this one. And so it says, mind your own business. You know, and we've probably said it or had it said to us, mind your own business. And it just seems like an interesting phrase to me. Mind your own business, you know, what are we talking about? And it's like the mind is what our focus is, what our attention is. And so when my focus gets off of my business, it's on your business, you know, and you're like, hey, man, it's my business. Get out of here. Get on your own, mind your own business. And so I think as believers, our business should be Jesus. Our business should be doing what God has called us to do. Whatever, it's, it's specific for each individual. It's different for everybody. But that's what our business should be. But again, we, weren't, we aren't going to know what our business is supposed to be unless our mind is renewed, Okay. We have to know. You can't do it. And so, uh, minding our own business, you know, you've heard that phrase. Can I get the worship team up here? Um, You've heard that saying of, you know, you are who you hang out with. Okay? And the same goes with God when we're spending time with him daily. In his word, in prayer, in worship, whether that's in your car, just belting it out like I do. All right? That's a good spot in the car. But, or if you're hanging out with friends, you're fellowshipping, you're having a small group, discussions, talking about God. Remember, mind your own business. What's your business? God, it's Jesus. That's where your mind is. But it should be there all the time. That doesn't mean that we can't accomplish these other, other tasks. But that's bringing that, oh, 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 it's bringing it to the forefront of our minds because that's where our attention is supposed to be. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm a fabricator. I work with stainless steel, but that's secondary because there's nothing like... There's a couple young men that I work with and they were raised knowing the Lord, but they're brothers and they've since made some choices to walk their own way. And I don't know, it's like, all of a sudden, God will just get riled up in me. Spirit will just be like, all right, this, you got to say something. And I don't, kid, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like all of a sudden, I just start per- worshiping and praising. I'm right in the middle of this fab shop, grinders and welders just going off everywhere, and I'm just like, yeah. You know, it's kind of probably weird. 
But then all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me. You know what I'm standing at the grinder sharp in tungsten. He walks up, what's up, bro? And I'm like, hey, dude. And all of a sudden, God just speaks to this man. You see him just like and hits him. It's like, bam, yes, Jesus. Got that seed in there, see? When we're faithful to plant that seed, in the next season, God's going to bring a harvest. Right? And it's like, we want to be there to reap that harvest and to watch that be carried into the barn. You know, and gosh, this is way off topic, but in the scripture, it talks about during that harvest, you know, the Lord's going to send his angels out there. And they're going to thrash all this good wheat and then the weeds. Because the servants first asked God, you know, should we take and go pull out the wheat? And he's like, no, let it grow. Because if you pull out the wheat, you might destroy some of the good wheat. You know, I mean, if you pull out the weeds, you might destroy some of the good wheat. So he's been letting it grow. He's been letting the weeds in there. Because he doesn't want to disturb the wheat. And so when the angels go out and they start harvesting, it's going to get separated. The weeds are going to get separated from the wheat. The wheat is going to go into the barn, into the storehouse. And the weeds are going to be burned because they're not good for anything. I don't want any of you to come to the judgment seat of God and be seen as a weed because he hasn't called you to be a weed. Jesus didn't hang on that cross for you to be a weed, okay? I want you all to just close your eyes for a second. Okay, and you're walking up to that judgment seat, to that throne, okay? And you look to the left, and you look to the right, and as far as you can see, it's the whitest, brightest steps Okay, and you start walking up these steps. And as you look up, you see Jesus on his throne. Okay, and you realize this is your moment of judgment. It's going to determine eternity from here. Okay, what is he going to say? What's he going to say? And I'm not trying to let the devil speak condemnation into anybody into this place. I'm just trying to help the Holy Spirit talk to you. You know, what's he saying to you? What's he going to say? In your heart, what's he been speaking? What are those things that he's trying to encourage you with? What are those things maybe where we have fallen short? Where are those things where we're rocking it, where we're doing excellent? Okay? But we're going to all face that reality someday of staring him in the face. And what he says in that moment is going to determine eternity. So remember where you're planting that seed. Because where we plant it determines on what kind of harvest we're going to get from our life. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.